So hi everyone, welcome to the Another Startup Story podcast. My name is Carmen, your host, and together we'll explore and enjoy conversations um, around entrepreneurship, creativity, and leadership. And on today's um, episode, we are joined by Julius Geist, who is the founder of a remote branding agency that's been around for 10 years or so, um, an agency known as On Any Given Monday. Now, given the current situation and with everyone being forced to work remotely, I guess, you know, you've kind of had a head start on things. So it'd be really interesting to delve deep into, you know, what the word remote actually means um, and how people are adapting that and what kind of advice Julius can give around this. Um, His company is now located in in various locations, including Maui and Porto. Um, and on any given Monday has worked with a wide variety of brands using you know, an impressive range of capabilities all remotely. Um, and Julius really believes that working remotely motivates um, a person through passion rather than just through you know, your paycheck. So we caught up with him during this time to catch up and to find out where it started and also to uncover the secret formula to working remotely. So, uh, morning, well, it's morning for me and afternoon for you, Julius. How are you doing today? How's your day been? Good morning. Good morning, Carmen. Yeah, thanks for having me. And uh, I'm doing great. Thank you so much. Great. So, do you just want to, just for our listeners, tell us in a nutshell um, what any, on any given Monday is? You know, we know it's a branding agency, but, you know, how, how are you guys slightly different and how... Um, how did the birth of the agency come around? Yeah, of course. Um, I, I founded on any given Monday in 2010. And the, the reason um, why I founded an, an agency at this time was that uh, I, I actually was looking, looking to redesign my personal life. Um, I was eager to travel. I wanted to see the world. And... Um, you know, the, the, the easiest way to do that, I figured, is to, to create an own company and design it around my own needs. So it was actually at mm. the beginning a, a selfish reason. And um, yeah, it, it, it pretty soon it became a really great adventure. Um, in end of 2010, we were um, already like 10 plus people uh, working for an any given Monday. Um, and um, yeah, so it it, 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 I don't know. There was no actually there was no specific reason beside of I wanted to do I wanted to I wanted to be able to travel. I wanted to do something that is a bit different. I, I figured you know working in the creative industry before there's a lot of routine you know so yeah we, we're working on all these projects and and we usually have no budget and no time and every time you know a new client steps in we, we we're basically doing the same thing just just kind of like with different nuances so on any given monday the idea was to 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 work outside of the routine and how we get creativity is by doing like following our own passion basically um and that's how everything started mm. so you said you had around 10 people um within the first year of essentially forming the company back in 2010. How did you um, find these people? Were they people you'd worked with in the past? Uh, obviously, you weren't restricted to location. Um, 
that that is yeah well it it it, it it was it was really the beginning of the whole concept of working remotely so to be honest it was quite difficult and not all of my employees were following the same lifestyle that I had at this time. So there were a bunch of people who would work out of an office in Germany that we had set up at this time. Um, mm. and, 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 and we were like, you know, it was, it was still pretty classic. So we would, we would write, um, job descriptions. We would, we would look in different platforms, um, from LinkedIn to uh, design specific platforms, but, yeah, it, 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 it wasn't it wasn't a time of nomads and nomad platforms, etc. So it, it, it was quite difficult because, yeah, you, you, we were still working in, you know, even like making actually advertisement in newspaper or hanging out wow. flyers in university. Yeah. That's, that's how it all started. Yeah, it's uh, crazy. So now it's. It's, it's so much different. Now you go to Upwork. Now you post something on a social media page that is specialized in nomads and just talk about who you are and what you're doing. And you already attract, you know, hundreds of people because there are so many people now living that lifestyle. But 10 years ago, it, it was people were thinking I'm crazy. People always said, how can you how can you how can you serve a client if you're not lo like if you don't be physically present? Mm -hmm. How can you? Yeah. How can you how how can you make sure that that you know that how can you trust your people if you're not with them in one office? So these were you know the these were the concerns people had at this time, and they were right. You know, you sometimes meet people who are, uh, yeah, who who are lacking trust and who are taking advantage if the boss is not in the office. But there are like so many grateful people who who appreciate every opportunity, who appreciate it. Um, you know, living a life without, without, without a nine to five um, schedule, uh, you know, being self-dependent, making their own decisions. And that appreciation really made them better employees, really made mm. them more creative than, 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 than other creatives who were locked down in a nine to five position. And that was essentially what I was hoping for. Yeah, I think it's... Um there's so many different spectrums of it and I think uh, it, it's, it can work for some people. Um, obviously, I think the initial word that comes to my mind is discipline. Um, you have to be really disciplined to work remotely in order to, you know, stay motivated, stay creative um, and not, you know, end up doing anything else. So I guess, like, I think obviously now, like, not to talk about, not to mention the whole COVID situation but um with the whole world suddenly working remotely or working at home um it, it, it's, a, it's definitely a new thing for a lot of people um whereas you've been doing it for yeah like 10 years now so you've kind of had a, a head start um so i guess my question is like what how would you define the word remote um and how do you think what kind of tips can you give to people to um yeah, have a smooth transition, I guess. And do you think it's for, for everyone? Yeah, thanks for, thanks for asking that question because that is really something, especially with the, with the whole COVID and now everyone posting, uh, you know, posting on social media how, uh, how they successfully ended a Zoom meeting or a Teams chat or whatever. <laughs> and uh, to take out the, the genie out of that bottle, it's definitely more difficult than um you know than than just having a zoom meeting and and 
having a remote structure means you have to, everything has to be diligently documented. Everything has a process. There's, there's no accident, uh, you know, why things happen the way they are. Because just imagine, I work here out of Maui and my colleague Carmen works out of Porto. So we are usually um, 11 hours different. So I have to make sure that everything I do at the end of my day is documented the way that she can continue working on. And if I miss something, her day, basically her, her day is gone because she can't do it because mm. she can't reach me because I'm sleeping. So she can't, she can't continue doing it. So we're losing one day. So yeah. we learned very early that remote work has nothing to do with, um, I don't know, like, that, that casual idea people have that we all sitting in a cafe and that we all just, you know, randomly writing some emails and clicking something on our computer and then magically <laughs> work appears. So it's really, it's really far away from that. So um, yeah, it's working remote means a high, high, high amount of discipline, um, painfully amount of documentations. Yeah. <laughs> and that's really not my strength, to be honest. Uh, and to follow protocol. And, and, and that sometimes is a contradiction because, you know, we, we founded that company to, to empower creativity and, 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 and a f kind of like free, free-minded people. Mm -hmm. But in the same time, we asked them to be, to be, you know, highly disciplined and, and, and document every little step they do and follow a procedure and a protocol. So it's, it's a balance, um, uh, but it's doable. But it's definitely, you know, for, for every, every listener, it's, it's, definitely not, it's definitely not the cliche sitting in a cafe, you know, or, or just, you know, even better sit, sitting in your hangmark and, 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 you know, you know <laughs> drinking, drinking a beer or something and, and just typing some emails down. So that's possible, but, but it's not how a company would work. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, like you said, um, the documentation part, the one thing I've kind of really this, the challenges that I've experienced working from home and working with a team is just um, having, you have to place so much trust in your team to just get on with the work and not be checking up on them all the time. Um, and then you obviously have, you know, certain catch-ups during the day, but how do you make things more efficient and how do you prevent like over-communication, over-reporting? Um, so I find sometimes that's like a bit of a challenge because everyone works at different times of the days as well. Because when you're not all in the office, you can't just pop over to a desk and say, hey, listen, can you get this done by this day, you know, time? So yeah. it's like, oh, do you put deadlines? And, and it's, it's difficult. And I think the documentation and the structure puts that all in place, um, which is definitely needed in, in any kind of remote company. And, you know, and you, you're right, just to add something to it, uh, you know, we, we all miss, to, to, be, to, to be honest, we all miss the opportunities to have a, have a cup of coffee with our colleagues sometimes. That's actually a really beautiful thing. And, and, and you know, everybody who is in a regular nine to five job or has a, you know, has an office job, that's, that's, that's great. And I think COVID also, mm. you know, brought that up for a lot of people who who hated going to work I think a lot of them are grateful to go back to work <laughs> yeah uh, exactly and, uh, and and that's the same for for you know working virtually together it's it's sometimes sad you know I wish too that that we would come 
come together more often. My team and I, we usually meet once a year. Uh, but right. yeah, it's, it, it's sad. We would, we, I would like to see them more often. I would like to have a casual conversation. I would like to, um, you know, make a joke with someone. I, I would like to be distracted even sometimes because mm -hmm. that's, that's all part of being human. Um, yeah, and, and that's really the dance because, you know, like I said, we, we, we all are different people. We all are motivated by our free spirit. Um, and, and, and it's, it's that fine line between organizing your organization, but also allow your people to be themselves because that makes them better creatives. And that's, that's my goal at the end. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's almost quite liberating to a certain extent. Um, but like I said, I, I don't think it's for everyone. But I do, I do know um, people who have kind of, you know, I have a lot of friends who have gone into the kind of freelancer slash remote working and digital nomad, become digital nomads. And some people have enjoyed it. Some people have not enjoyed it so much. Um, so I think it's, it's all down to preference, really. But there are definitely pros and cons of each. Um, but I think the media can sometimes over-glamorize kind of remote working with just like, yeah, sipping cocktails on the beach with your laptop. Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> the same with, 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 with freelancers, Carmen, right? I mean, or, or the nomad, the nomad yeah. movement, you know, a lot of them entered the nomad movement because they, they just wanted to live that free-spirited life. And, and, but then to your point, it's not for everybody suddenly you realize it's, it's actually a job. It's running your own business. So it's not just doing what you're good at. For example, doing graphic design or writing copies. It's actually acquiring clients. It's writing invoices. It's checking in on your client. Mm. It's, it's so much more. And um, yeah, so, you know, the, the idea of, you know, getting high paid and just doing what you did in your old job is just not work. It's just not working that way. So yeah, I agree. It's, it's, it, it doesn't matter if remote, remote, nomad, how, however you want to call that. Um, it's definitely not for everybody. I agree. Yeah. I think that's a really good point that you made actually. Cause I think, um, I don't know if you've read the, the book, obviously the four hour work week by Tim Ferriss is like the kind of Bible of the, of course, I think nomad. we all read it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, but like, I think that was written more back in 2007. So a long time yes. ago now it's like, like you said, there's been a massive influx in supply, obviously with the rise of Instagram and traveling, people kind of want to be able to travel and earn money along the way. So, you know, we've got content creators, influencers, like um, coaches, so many different people trying to earn money online. And even though that is quite a, you know, that there's a lot of liquidity in that. There's also a lot of fluff and I think, but it, it is difficult. I think people undermine the challenge there is around it's not just getting paid for your services but now because of this increase in supply you have to really stand out like how are you different how are you going to win more clients how are you going to build a you know an, a lead generation or a sales funnel um and all of these new skills are like take time to acquire so i think mm. it's um yeah it's definitely uh, a lot harder to start something now as it would have been maybe back then when the market was less saturated. Would you agree? That's difficult. I, I, I probably would disagree um, because, you know, the, the advantage you have nowadays is that people are open and, and at, mm. at 10 years, 10 years, like, you know, 10 years earlier, people 
people thought you, you're speaking a different language. And, and to be honest, they still do. So I, like last year, for example, we got rejected from so many clients who, had to, who could just not imagine to, um, to, to not visit us in our office right away when mm -hmm. they want to. And, mm -hmm. and I was, you know, I was a little devastated, to be honest, because we, we have so much process and we make so many things that, that I believe, you know, that, that the barrier goes lower and lower to, to enter a relationship with a so-called remote agency. We mm -hmm. even actually, you know, we even, we even send out tablets to our clients too, that is pre-installed with Zoom, with all the kind of like uh, SharePoint wow. links where you have your documents and, and, and it, so we, we, we make it, yeah, we do, we do everything we can to, 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 to tell like, take away that hurdle but it's still uh, you know it, it it was yeah it was it's really a change difficult. right yeah it's a change and, and i'm hoping yeah with 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 people experiencing that it's actually possible that it changed the mindset but you know from 10 years earlier um it it, it people it, it was it, it was even more than today and that, so i think even there is more competitors out there the, the market is it's it's the market is huge of offering services. So I think you're, you're still better on today than 10 years ago. <laughs> mm -hmm. No, that makes sense. I definitely um, see your point there. Uh, so just going back to your, I guess, on any given Monday's capabilities. So you're kind of in the fields of, you know, e-commerce, brand purpose, uh, business models and marketing. Like what made you specialize in these capabilities is it your own personal experience I guess um, your, your professional career experience how did you decide to specialize in these categories we, we really started with um, claiming being a creative agency for digital branding that's how everything started in 2010 I was uh, fortunate enough uh, to, to work with Microsoft um, in the early 2000s. And so I experienced social media quite early. In 2006, I wrote, I created my first social media campaign. So, you know, it was basically wow. both. It was the passion for brands in general. I always was fascinated of, of the concept of branding, even, even at, literally as a, as a young child. Um, and I was fascinating of, of, technology so I remember when um, you know the internet uh, the, the old modems and um, HOL <laughs> that you, you had the opportunity to get internet with the CD-ROM and, and it was just a very complicated <laughs> thing yeah. but I was just very fascinated of, of, of that of technology so um, when 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 I when I started on any given Monday, we, I I already had that 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 stamp, or I already had that that branding myself, you know, being yeah. an expert in in social media and and digital digital communication, I would say, um, and so yeah, it, it 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 definitely that was the reason why we moved moved in that direction, and and at the beginning we created social media strategies, international social media strategies. We helped brands to communicate in the internet or with websites and social media platforms. We created campaigns, brand engagement campaigns. One of my, um, a really fun campaign we did in 2010 was with Mike Posner. He's a, a US artist and we introduced yeah, him. Yeah, I remember him actually. I yeah. used to listen to him, if it's the same person that I used to listen to when I was younger. He had, awesome, he was quite yeah. cheesy, right? Bit of a cheesy well, pop, yeah. 
the first the first album to be honest was very cheesy and it was very poppy his yeah. his more recent stuff it, he and then that was really cool to me so i worked with him in 2010 we did this uh interview sessions in berlin and and you could tell that he's a he's actually an unhappy person he you know right. he's a great artist he 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 struggled um he went through through different drugs and all that stuff and he reflected mm. on that in his songs and um his first but anyway, songs or yeah. his new songs um in his new songs right. um, I, ha- he, I can't he, say he, i've heard of the new ones i'll check it out <laughs> Yeah, I know. No, it's it's actually if it. I don't know. I was I was actually touched because I had this encounter with him, and 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 you could tell, you know, seeing him in person that he's not happy mm. with what he's doing, but he was yeah. super successful. Quite, quite, you know, it it, it just it, he became this mega star in in a week or something. With yeah. cooler than my what was the song? Cooler, cooler than me. I think was it. Yes, cooler um, than me. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, and and today he's he's just really he grew as an artist, he grew as a person. But 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 anyway, going back to 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 that time, it it um it that's just that's just what we did. So I think we did we did we did a new form of marketing. We we did a new form of interacting with customers already. Um, social engagement, creating social brands. It was the beginning of that of that whole movement. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I, we were just fascinated. We were just in that flow already, and we were just eager to explore more. Uh, e-commerce was just a natural development. I I created my first e-commerce. Um, company in 2005 i created um uh, uh, an e-commerce store for uh, electric visual it's um it's a, a sun class brand here from the united states i had mm-hmm. um 2006 i created um a, a snowboard retail store online so it it, it was everything it, i guess it's my personal passion it was it was that time and 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 i guess it's it's just the natural course that you do what you're passionate about and that's is reflected in your company. Yeah, of course. And it, it, you know, having these clients was a chance for you to actually explore and, and put your ideas and bring them to reality, right? Um, Correct. In terms of the e-commerce, when you say you um, built that, as in you built the, the website or and you did the branding like from start to finish, is that what you mean? Yeah. No, we actually did everything. So we programmed... Um, we programmed the store. I'm just actually, what was it? It called XT Commerce at this time, and it is not available anymore. It was an open right. source commerce platform where we built it, where we built that store. Yeah. And of, we did like the branding the equivalent as well. of like a Shopify now, but probably a lot less um, configured. No, probably more like Magento. Because okay. Spotify is kind of like a boxing system, and, and Magento is also an open there, are, there is an open source version of Magento, so it's it's a developer platform. You still have to develop yourself, um, whereas Spotify allows you, without having actually developer skills, creating a really nice e-commerce platform. Yeah. So it, at this time, it it we we did not have things like Spotify, so you you still had to Shopify, develop yourself. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what did I say Spotify? Sorry. Shopify. Yeah. Yes. Okay. We knew we knew what you meant. Okay, sorry. <laughs> um, so yeah, you still had to develop yourself, uh, but yeah, we I, my friend developed it, and 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 I did the branding and and the communication, the naming, uh, you know, ordering 
ordering the goods, marketing it and all that stuff. And, and mm -hmm. even marketing a platform like that in 2006, it was just challenging. Yeah, we didn't have, you know, social media advertisement was basically not existing. Mm -hmm. We had Google ads, yes, but that was lame at this time. So it, 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 it was just, it was just very different, but it was a great experience. And I'm, I'm grateful, you know, I'm really grateful that I had that, that, that a brand like Electric gave me even the chance to work with them and to use their brand and to call it an official store from them. So it, it was mm -hmm. it was a it was a good opportunity. Um, but now now the whole how the whole industry became his own sector, I would say. And and I still yeah. like thinking in e-commerce, but I'm I'm definitely not developing any any e-commerce platforms anymore. Yeah, it's interesting because I recently um, uh, essentially like did all the brand conceptualization for a new e-commerce platform. It was for an alcohol delivery brand, which we spoke about before. And mm -hmm. the first part I find I found was pretty fun. I mean, in terms of the development, Shopify is pretty much like it's very. Oh, it wasn't simple for me, but we just had like one developer. He was like, it's very simple to add and drop and change, and you have like existing templates. Mm -hmm. But in terms of you know, the, the logo and the actual, um, like you said, the, the communication and the copy and everything that was, you know, really fun and, and a, an exciting project. What I find mm -hmm. difficult now, and I'm sure a lot of other e-commerce companies have experienced the same is, um, obviously, you know, ultimately your end goal is to have more sales. You know, you've got this beautiful website. How do you translate that into more sales? And even with like social media now, there's just so much competition out there. Um, mm -hmm. I guess my question is, could you shed light on how to, um, how can the marketing team and the sales team essentially talk to each other um, and to ensure that, um, you know, the, the front end and everything on a website or across your socials and comms are actually reflected to be able to increase your sales, like whether that's to do with the user experience or whether it's to do with, you know, smart copy to entice people. Um, can you just shed some light on the linkage between the two? I would love to. <laughs> to, to me, um, you know, it's it's and, and and it's it's of course it's a it's a difficult question, but I guess at the end, if 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 you would ask me about the essence of of a success of of successful e-commerce business or any business, it, it's really to me, it's 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 positioning, it's 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 being your own brand knowing your story and, and sharing mm -hmm. that story authentically. And that's, that's really the trick and the key to, to every successful brand and business to me. And, and all the other things that you mentioned, like uh, user experience, uh, online marketing, social media marketing, funnel marketing, you know, mm -hmm. you name it. It's, it's all an expression of your positioning. They, and they come, you know, quite naturally if you know who you are, what's your product, and, and what's your target group and then and then yeah. and then be that authentic self and and just get out there and you know if you don't know how to do funnel marketing that's fine then you can hire an expert but don't hire an expert if you don't know who you are i think that's just the, the golden rule know what's your positioning know your market and then you know hire expert if you need to if you don't know how to do it yourself but um yeah i think that's in a in, in a short version what i would give everyone <laughs> as a as a quick consultation just just work on your brand work on your positioning and and i don't mean 
necessarily your logo and your colors and your yeah. font style you know i, I really yeah, mean yeah. that that core essence your identity of why you're even doing that so what's the purpose of having that operation who do you want to help with you know with with your product etc and 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 that these essential questions really make the difference yeah i think that's a really a really good point i was just going to say like for our listeners because you know not everyone listening may have come from an advertising or creative background um some people are young you know entrepreneurs who want to build their own brand and essentially don't understand these concepts of brand positioning um so i think you made a really good point there essentially i guess you know your your brand positioning comes it stems from your brand strategy right um and even i took a, a while to kind of get my head around this because my background as most people know is, is from finance so when i came into the advertising industry you had um uh, and my partners with them uh, you had planners and i was like what is a planner <laughs> like what do they do mm-hmm. to understand essentially their brand strategies and um yeah they're the ones who essentially do yeah they if you look at the external branding it's like the logo the colors the color scheme etc the like the visual aspect of that like brand strategy is kind of like the internal branding it's your uh, positioning your purpose your values um yeah. your uh, audience and even your your brand personality um and your brand voice and all of these things that just like so much deep research needs to be done into that and i think a lot of brands these days lack that essentially they think it's just like a beautiful logo and but with no substance you know so i think it's a it's a really good point that you brought up there and i and i agree and and of course that's that's sometimes the painful part for you know being a brand or that 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 assumption is so branded in people's head that when you when you when you call out the name branding everyone is immediately thinking about a logo and colors mm, mm-hmm. and and i and i agree to your point it's 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 a, it's more or less the last thing that we develop on a brand you know the the first part is always the essential questions who are you what are you offering you know like these kind of things and um and then the the colors and the logo is a reflection of that identity and and i always tell you know that your brand is is it's it's about connecting with people and and to be able to even connect with people think about your your regular life you know how, why do you connect with certain people and you don't connect with others mm-hmm. it's because you have something in common with the one group and you don't have anything in common with the other group and that's yeah. how branding works in my opinion so it's it's about connection and to be able to connect you no, need to know what's your personality your identity mm-hmm. and then it works No I agree I think a lot of it is really just about storytelling um it's about um like uh, psychology <laughs> there's a lot of psychology behind it um and yeah like human connection and I think people under don't undermine that and uh, and see it purely as a visual thing um mm-hmm. so yeah it's pulling on those kind of like emotional heartstrings and you see the big the successful brands are those that do kind of like resonate more so on a deeper level and and also you know i i you know to to add on something i i just want to share uh, an experience i had um when i worked i worked for for this um online newspaper um suddeutsche de it's 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 the biggest yeah. 
kind of like biggest newspaper in Germany and, and their online platform. And when Apple launched their iPhone in 2000, it was 2007, I think, or something. Yeah, 2007. Um, we had the opportunity to, to make advertisement with Apple. So I don't know if you remember the TV spot with, from the first iPhone. Mm-hmm. It would show these websites in the browser and how you would navigate through these websites with your fingers. And, right. and our website was shown for the German market. And the whole procedure of working with Apple on that, I mean, I was on the, I was on the newspaper side, but every mm-hmm. little thing, you know, we, 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 we changed or we commented had to go from Berlin to London, from London to Cupertino to the headquarter of the brand department and then, then back in the same way. And, 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 and that was, to me, you know, first time that I realized how, 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 you, how, how different you can look at branding as mm-hmm. something that is superficial, you know, like, okay, it's just the logo and color or something that is really existential, that is basically leading and organizing corporations and companies. And that's what Apple did at this time and still does. And, and that kind of like, to me, was a really, was a, was a, yeah, was really a game-changing experience because I figured, hey, yeah, branding is, is it's, it's a culture. It's, 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 your, it's really your identity. So everything you do as a company, you have to reflect through that, through that, through that, through that vision. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yeah, and it's so much more than just the logo. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I think a lot of people fail to understand that or, or don't see beyond, yeah, the visual aspects. Really interesting. Um, I um, am just quite conscious of time at the moment, but I want to ask a few more questions more so like around, um, just, I wanted to ask one question around, um, I guess, kind of, you know, you've been an entrepreneur for 10 years now, I guess. Yeah, it's been 10 years. 2004, I founded my first company. Oh, wow, 2004. Yeah, so it's been like a long time. So I think, you know, in this, do you you think you have any kind of, I guess with the current economy climate being quite fragile right now, um, my question is what advice would you give to any kind of emerging entrepreneurs right now or or any businesses that are really struggling? I mean, it is tough um, with the outlet. I feel like the whole world is kind of shut down, but there are also a lot of opportunities. And I think it's this shakeup is going to bring about um, new businesses and new ways of doing things. So you can see it as like a opportunity or, um, or not, but what kind of advice can you give to, um, yeah, emerging entrepreneurs and freelancers? Mm. That's a good question. And, you know, I think there are two sides to that. And, and, you know, one, one is that it is a tough time. And um, I just re- read an article of how, how actually the effect on COVID on the startup industry and, and, and it and was devastating because so many startups who just founded their operation mm-hmm. are already uh, bankruptcy or filing for bankruptcy because the market is yeah. just, you know, globally collapsing. And, and I think it wouldn't be fair to, to not address that because that is part of a reality. Mm. But to your point too, um, I see the opportunities. I see that, um, you know, in, on, as a society, we, we now, you know, to, to be honest between us, who, who thought, talk about climate change quick and, and, and all the struggle that came with climate change. And 
in all in all general discussions, you know, we always came to the point that we that we had to kind of like balance between the you know the the um, the, the money part and 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 the, and the health of our of our nature, so to say, mm -hmm. to make it very simple. And 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 COVID now gives us an opportunity because we we stopped the whole economy. So suddenly we can, we can make complete, we can really redesign our society. We can really redesign our system because mm -hmm. the, that one point that always held us back to make fundamental change, which was suffering of the economy, people losing jobs, the, the, you know, the money market, et cetera, et cetera, is basically, is locked down. So yeah. it's it's the greatest opportunity to redesign our to redesign our society. So whether it's innovation, whether it's um, the, the new systems, how we want to you know work and live together. Um, a big word right now is circular economy and and uh, and products that 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 you know that 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 have a positive impact on environment and the people so mm -hmm. there's so many good things out there and it's a really really a great opportunity and, and i and i empower everybody to focus on that and um and 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 i really believe in in a better world and i think we will see one no i agree i think it's been it, there's obviously a lot of difficult times, but it's just about, I keep saying it's like survival of the fittest really, you know, for businesses and for individuals, but sometimes it takes kind of that pause and that hardship to kind of reflect and decide how to propel and, and move forward to be better in the long term, you know, as opposed to yeah. just kind of like going at full force in the short run and burning out. Um, and I mean, so, history yeah. taught us, Carmen, right? I mean, we always needed these tremendous situation to, to change. Natural so disaster. I'm, I'm not, yeah. yeah, sadly, but, but, but it is the truth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. So I, I'm interested to see what post-COVID world will be like, to be honest. Um, but yeah, so a couple of more questions I wanted to ask you, which I always ask my um, guests on the show. Um, the first one being, if you were to recommend one book to someone, what would it be and why? <laughs> so we both laughed about that question in our, in our pre-stage of that interview. And, you know, I was actually thinking of it and, and, and I kind of call out maybe a book no one called out before. And the name is Conversation with God. And mm. it has nothing to do with business but it influenced my life on mm. the journey of my personal question of who am I? And mm. um, um, it, it, it really, no, I wouldn't say it saved my life, but I loved on that book that it gave me different perspectives of a lot of things that I, that I took for, you know, that I took a certain way. Um, mm -hmm. it, it opened, it opened my path to spirituality and I'm not talking about, um, religious spirituality or yeah, institutional yeah. spirituality. I really talk about, you know, the purpose of life and, um, it's, it's my book. Every time I feel emotionally battled or, you know, feel mm -hmm. sad or something, I, I take that book and, and, and it's, it's huge. It has, it's, it's basically three books and, and I have the three books in one version book so it's, it's a huge yeah. thing 
um, and I and I take that book and I just open any page. What what it doesn't matter which one, and I just read and I always feel and I always get something out of it. So if if anyone is out there who you know who struggles with these with with these essential questions of who, who am I, what is my purpose, how how can mm. I serve, which I believe are crucial for any good entrepreneur to to yeah. know their answers to that's that's my book that's crazy because i think if you were to ask me the same question i would say there's a book that i read you know before i started any of this it was called um uh, the purpose driven life by rick warren it's a question mm -hmm. book my a friend of my best friend uh, gifted it to me it's just like a secret santa and mm -hmm. um I was going through like a, a weird, what well, I went through like a weird transition after that. And I was very young at the time, but I had so many questions around, um, yeah, what I was doing. This is before when I was working in a very corporate, you know, finance role. And I still haven't, hadn't really discovered what I was interested in and what I wanted to do. And I think at the end of the day, everyone's life is obviously driven by something. And, you know, most people are really driven by guilt or fear or, or you know, approval. And, and for me, it was approval. Um, essentially and so that really kick-started my I guess spiritual growth in a sense and understanding who I was because fundamentally what you do is it, it needs to be aligned with what you enjoy and who you are as a person and I think there's so much internal work that people forget and I think you know part of being entrepreneurs really understanding what the bigger picture is and being in tune with yourself which is why I think like mindset and spirituality are like so important and so yeah i know it's really exciting it's funny that you recommend recommended that book so <laughs> i'm definitely gonna um order it and read that too. and thanks for sharing your story as well because yeah i i i, I completely agree and 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 um i can feel how that was for you and and i think if you talk with entrepreneurs or you know a, a, most of us i think went through the same thing yeah. Mm, yeah, I, I forgot about the book until you know you recommend you recommended yours. I was like, actually, yeah, you know, this is the one. It was very pivotal. I mean, there's so many other books. There's, there's a business book and self development mm. ones. I can, you know, obviously um, advise, and I do. But sometimes it's just like there's that one book, and the ones which make a big pivotal moment in my life it tend to be kind of very spiritual ones. Um, so yeah, very interesting. Um, so just to um, kind of before I wrap this up, um, are you able to share one quote that you live by? Also, that was one of those tricky questions. <laughs> and, uh, and, I've left and, them and to the end. <laughs> yeah, they're all coming at the end. I mean, there are so many beautiful things out there. But when you when you um, also here in, in our previous discussion, you, you mentioned that question. I was thinking, oh, what do I say? What do I say? So I was looking, um, looking around my desk and there's this uh, one quote of John Lennon uh, that I carry with me um, actually since the beginning of On Any Given Monday. And it says, mm. when I was five years old, my mother always told me that happiness was the key to life. When I went to school, they asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up. I wrote down happy. They told me I didn't understand the assignment. And I told them they didn't understand life. John Lennon. <laughs> I love that. So simple, but yeah, yeah, you know, so forgotten. I love that. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, sometimes yeah. I think we have so many, we add so much to our life, but essentially it's just about elimination, um, really, and going back to the core things. Well, yeah, I'm just going to have to wrap this up now, but thank you so much for joining us on the show, Julius. Um, I will put all the details down in our show notes so people can connect with you and reach out um, after listening to this podcast. Um, and yeah, I think if anyone is looking for more inspiration, like definitely check out their website. They've got beautiful branding and you can see um, on any given Monday's portfolio on there. Um, and also our website, which has tons of other stories and interviews, resources, um, just head to anotherstartupstory.com where this interview will also be published there. Um, or you can just find us on Instagram where we'll, we'll be posting this um, interview up as well. Um, but again, thank you so much for um, yeah being on the show, Julia. Thank you, Carmen. Thanks for having me. And uh, thank you, listeners. And, and maybe one small extension of mine, if anyone wants to get in contact with me, has questions or anything, I'm you know, I, I'm, I'm really active on LinkedIn and I, I love to be in conversation with people. So thank you so much. Yeah, please do connect. Okay, great. Thank you.